Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 174 of 40 Going On 14. I am Mike. I am Patrick. I'm Joel. And I'm Josh. And tonight I'm looking forward to talking about the movie that taught us that the favorite de- uh, dessert of landworms is, of course, country fried bacon. Huh. Yeah. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not proud of that one. That was a perfect response. I was just. Huh. <laughs> so we're here. Yeah. Well, it's been a good run, everybody. Yep. Good Thank night. you. Good night. Okay. Hey, it's about that time. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. No, it's not that time. You got to get through all the other crap first. Oh, uh, okay. So you can't, just, you can't just brush past this, unfortunately. Yeah. So other crap. Well, one we are talking about the movie Tremors, which to some of us is a well-loved film and. Others, it's something else. So. Others, they're wrong. Yeah. If you're into something else, you know where you can find oh. it. <laughs> At the Podcast Collective. I was jumping on the first train that looked yeah. like it was moving at all. You're, you're, you're like a Japanese train conductor just shoving people in the car. You know? uh, on the Podcast Collective, you can find such shows as the Bad Parenting Podcast, On the Block, No Hope for Humanity, The Coffin Joe Cast, Joel's Own the Sunshine Happy Pants Hour, Dating Baggage, The Internet with Scott the Pool Boy, I Am Salt Lake, Minton Boxcast, Tales from the Hard Side, The Dog and Deuce Show, Empty Ramp Podcast, Portland Beer Club Podcast, and of course, the Rad Dad Radio Hour. Hooray! Every, I'm sorry. Zoidberg. Every time I hear the Dog Induced Show, I hear the Dog Induced Show, and I'm, for a Same. brief moment, I'm confused. Same here. It's all about birthing. Birthing dogs. If you'd like to hear our older shows on birthing dogs, yikes. <laughs> you can find us on iTunes, Blueberry, Stitcher, and TalkShoe. Or if you want to get in touch, you can call us at 708-NOW-RAP, 708-669-9727. So there you go. All right, not everybody at once. Yeah, seriously. Do we have was any feedback? Any? Oh shit, there was, wasn't there? I don't. We didn't have any voicemails. Joel, you oh, said no, there, was a, there was we, a. We kind of did. Oh, I know. I'm. I'm not going to play it. It's five seconds of someone yelling "ass blaster." <laughs> By someone? Who do you mean? Someone in Cleveland, Ohio. You're. That's, that's not. That's, hmm. You're going to deprive us of that? It's not worth the time to uh, download the file. Yes. I'm trying to think who in Ohio. I know Tommy the Duck's a fan. It was Maybellina, wasn't it? No, oh, she's, she's here. I just, I'm just envisioning Maybellina screaming ass blaster, and it's really entertaining in my head. Hang on. <laughs> Let's see if this works. What does Google Translate say it says? So that didn't work at all. Yeah, I'm, I'm assuming that. Strangely, it says ass blaster. It just says blaster, actually. Censoring itself. Mm. Pretty smart, that. All right, so this is off to a great start. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it. Well, it's about. Did we get a tweet, at least? No, we got a tweet. Yeah, we did. Joel, you said Hang we got on. a tweet. What the hell? Ass <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I figured out how to make it work. How could you say that was not worth it? Come on. Right? I figured out how to do it without downloading the file. You held your mic up to the speaker? Yeah, I just set the, my other speaker as default device while leaving this as default communication. You don't, you guys don't care. Anyway, ass blaster. That's funny. 
That's All my, right. I think that's my new ringtone. You gotta send that to me. <laughs> I'd say that's worth it. They'll get you a seat on the train by yourself. Yeah. Uh, also, we had a tweet from Mabelina today. We did. Yes, we did. What did she say? Because uh, I don't know. I didn't see it. She Why said, did I pick today to set a pin on my phone? <laughs> I don't know. All right, Tweetcaster. Uh, Dear 40Go14, I listened to hashtag broccoli multiple times in preparation for tonight's show, and I need to express how wrong all of you are. Hashtag K-Bye. I think she got confused which week we were doing what show, but she's a fan of broccoli, apparently. That song is awful. It's not the worst rap song I've heard, but it's on the list. She is definitely wrong. I forgot what the hell were we talking about. It's a, it's a song in the top ten right now. Oh, that's right. I remember talking about that. Okay. I wonder if it's yeah. still in the top ten or if it will be for next week when we look at next week's top ten. I certainly hope not. But you know what is in the top ten? Ooh. Things that are about this time. Oh, it is about that time. This week in music, movies, and TV. What's sports. All right, so the theme of this week is January 19th, 1990, the release of the movie Tremors. A classic. Yes. Everything you want Music. to know about Graboids. Music. On January 17th, at what had been an amazing introduction ceremony, The Kinks, The Who, Simon and Garfunkel, The Four Seasons, The Four Tops, The Platters, and Bobby Darren were inter- inducted into Cleveland's Rock and Roll Hall of Fame at the fifth annual... R&R-H-O-F Awards, which is the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame Awards. Yes, that is not the acronym. Yeah, I was going to say, Joel's not good uh, at this game. (laughs) If it was an acronym, what would it be? I think Patrick came up with the best one. Rednecks and racists hop on Fabio. (laughs) I had to share because I thought that was funny. Uh, Sisters Melanie and Kimberly Appleby were born to British and Jamaican parents and were known in British pop in the 80s under the name of Mel and Kim. Their first single, Showing Out, Get Fresh at the Weekend, which reached number three on the British charts and got the number one status in the dance charts of USA. After a promotional visit to Japan in 1987, Mel was diagnosed with secondary cancer of the spine. While the media speculated that Mel was terminally ill, both sisters would only confirm a debilitating back injury. It was confirmed that Mel had been diagnosed with cancer following the release of its new single, That's the Way It Is, which indeed it was, in February 1988. Mel discharged herself from a cancer hospital to record the vocals for the track. Her immune system weakened by chemotherapy. She died of complications from pneumonia on January 18th from contracting a cold. In her honor, we play this. That's enough of that. Yeah. I actually kind of recall hearing of them. Kind of sounds like she deserved cancer. Or that was the cause Dude, of it. Together. What the hell? <laughs> well, it was not a good song, is all I'm saying. That was that was worse than what I was thinking. So, well, well done. <laughs> <laughs> huh? Let's keep this moving, Joel. Come on, come on. Right. The first rap single to reach number one in the U.S. was "Ice Ice Baby," knocking off the week's number one song and the acronym of the week, ADIP, which of course is a deformed infant penis. <laughs> Appropriately by Phil Collins. Yes. The hell is himself a deformed infant penis. Yes. (laughs) I can't disagree with that. (laughs) No, that is is obviously another day in paradise. 
Uh, the first rap single to reach number one in Canada was Rapper's Delight in 1980. Canada, why are you ahead of us? And why well, is they were actually still us? listening to they're, Rapper's they're Delight by the time us. 1990 came around. It's a long freaking song. <laughs> uh, the hip, the hop, the hippie to the hippie to the cancer hop. All right. Um, <laughs> Larkin Allen's Collins Jr. was one of the founding members and guitarists of Southern rock band Leonard Skinner and co-wrote many of the band's songs with late frontman Ronnie Van Zandt. On January 29th, 1986, Colin was involved in a car accident while driving drunk, claiming the life of his girlfriend and leaving him paralyzed from the waist down, with limited use of his arms and hands. Collins pleaded no contest to vehicular manslaughter, and he would never play guitar on stage again. Collins served as a musical director for the band after that, and as part of the plea bargain, he addressed fans at every Skinnerd concert with an explanation of why he could not perform, citing the dangers of drugs and drinking and driving. Alan Collins died on January 23rd from chronic pneumonia, a complication of the paralysis. Wow, that's that's harsh. With every single show, we're like, are you ready to rock? <laughs> but first, a downer. <laughs> are you ready to not drink, drive, and do drugs? This message brought to you by Miller Lite. <laughs> Man, that's two for two on pneumonia on the tweet this week. Right? Yeah. Pneumonia two, God zero. <laughs> Yikes. All right, moving on to movies. January 13th, Liam Hemsworth, Australian actor, is born. Seems like there should be more here. He is in stuff. He is in a lot of stuff, yes. He is the lesser of the Hemsworth. Yeah, not as much as his brother, but he's in stuff. Oh, he's been in some stuff. He's got some strange. Oh, yeah, he was in uh, Hunger Games and that other thing. Yeah, with that other Hemsworth brother. Uh, Independence Day Resurgence. Oh, that's true. We've seen him. Anyway. Oh, I know you've seen him and stuff. So anyway. Anyway. <laughs> what stuff has he been in? Barbara Stanwyck. <laughs> on January 20th, 1990 of congestive heart failure. And chronic- Wait a minute. <laughs> I've never heard of this Liam Hemsworth. I want to know what he's been in. Liam Hemsworth was in Barbara Stanwyck? <laughs> that's the joke. Yes. Uh, that's why I phrased it that way. That's because yes. he was. Well, let's start over with, with correct cadence. Barbara Stanwyck died on January 20th, 1990, of congestive heart failure and chronic obstructive pulmonary disease at the age of 82. She had indicated that she wished for no funeral service. In accordance with her wishes, her remains were cremated and the ashes scattered from a helicopter over Lone Pine, California, where she had made some of her Western films. No one told the residents this was going to happen, which was upsetting to the populace. I can imagine. Yeah, I mean, what? you should always be told when you're going to be inhaling a celebrity. Right. Is it, <laughs> is, is it snowing? <laughs> Forecast, light Stanwick over the mountains. All right. I I just have to say this because I will feel bad otherwise because that last part is total bullshit. Well, her her ashes being created. Cr- well, not not the ashes, but people not being told about it. That is bullshit. Yeah, I put oh, that in you, there to see if you assholes would up. call me out on it, but nobody called me out, and I'm like, oh, oh. Crap. oh, 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 oh. I was like, that's the best part of the story. Why are <laughs> yeah. you ruining it? It seemed pretty legit, honestly. I I thought somebody else wrote that, and Mike was like, no, I happen to know that's false. That's just an urban yeah, legend just, that I happen to know is false. Yeah, like, I, just, I just happen random. to know a lot about Barbara Stanwyck ashes. Barbara Stanwyck, I wrote a paper on Barbara Stanwyck in college. <laughs> <laughs> that was his doctoral dissertation. <laughs> Her ashes were actually spread over Liam Hemsworth. <laughs> who, wasn't, who wasn't born yet. Why are you That's throwing that on my baby? <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, this will uh, mean he'll be in stuff. <laughs> There's something wrong oh, with us. 
I guess he was born. He was only days old. Anyway. Uh, the top three movies of the year are Ghost, Home Alone, and Pretty Woman. Huh. <coughs> huh. Yeah. If we could yeah. combine those into one film, dude. It'd be about leaving your son home alone who then dies and turns into a prostitute that falls in love with Richard Gere. With a deformed penis. <laughs> Soundtrack by deformed infant penis. <laughs> and Liam Hensworth. <laughs> TV. <laughs> <laughs> on January 14th. This it'd, be, it'd be called Pretty Ghost Alone. <laughs> what the fuck? What? We're, we're missing a circuit this week. I, there's I something wrong with us. Uh, the Simpsons premieres on Fox, and it's still going. It is still going. I, I Honestly, I thought it was before that time. It just seems like it's been longer than that. Christmas special was 1989. Uh, and that show debuted the next year. So, yeah. Wow. The Simpsons, uh, the Simpsons is basically the same timeline as our friendship. And when The Simpsons is over, we're done too. Oh, <laughs> You should be grateful it wasn't MTV Unplugged, which also debuted this month. <laughs> January 21st premieres <laughs> with Squeeze as its debut guests. And that music has long since stopped. I don't even well, remember who Squeeze oh, was. Our, our friendship with, with Phil Weber was the one that was tied into MTV Unplugged. <laughs> hey, Pat, can you tell him a song by Squeeze, please? Yeah, who the fuck uh, was Squeeze? Tempted, uh, Cool for Cats. Um, that's pretty much it. They're, they're, two big, they're yeah. the two biggest. Uh, um, oh, no, what was the other um, one? Um, <clears throat> Muscles from a Shell. Yeah. Coffee, yeah, well, uh, black Coffee in Bed. Yep. Um, See, none you, of these are ringing any bells. You, you would know Tempted. That's about the, that, that, out, out of all their songs, I think that's the one you would know the most. For some reason, I thought Mike would be a fan. I you am. want to play it? You want to play it real quick, Mike? I Mike a, likes Squeeze. Yeah, I, know I am that. a fan. I have. I have a. Oh, hang on. Was it Josh? I was asking. Yeah, yeah. Uh, here we go. I didn't know who the fuck they were. Can, still can, you, play, can you play Tempted, Mike? I, I'm trying right? to. Okay. Google Fire. Dude, I, I swear you'll know it, Josh. Oh, okay. I know this. Yeah. Now I want Burger King. <laughs> <laughs> This tastes like Barbara Stanwyck. All right. So. <laughs> Inside Liam Hemsworth. All right. So also. I have, have a burger with extra Stanwyck. <laughs> Rusty Hammer dies at age 42. Star of the TV show, Make Room for Daddy. That's all I got. I, except this kid's name was Rusty Hammer. I was going to say, it must have been one of the sons. Is that, you know, yeah, it was a little boy. Yeah. Okay. All right. Sports. The lineup for the Super Bowl is set on January 14th as the Denver Broncos beat the Cleveland Browns 37-21 to in the AFC Championship game and the San Francisco 49ers beat the Los Angeles Rams 30-3 to in the NFC Championship game. In the midst of his comeback that started when he was 40 years old, former heavyweight boxing champion George Foreman fights Jerry Cooney on January 15th, knocking him out in the second round. Nice. And a, yeah, a few, a few matches later, like this was his 20th match of his comeback, and a few matches later was when he actually won the heavyweight championship again, which was insane. <laughs> 43 years old winning the heavyweight championship. Like It was like, I think, 18 years after he had last lost it. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, Mushtaq Ahmed Malik is a Pakistani former cricketer who currently <laughs> acts as the spin bowling coach for the Pakistani cricket team. Spin bowling. Like, they, they, they open for a squeeze. <laughs> Get a load of this sentence. 
a leg break googly bowler. At his peak, he was described as being one of the best three wrist sprinters, wrist spinners in the world. What the hell? I was a wrist spinner in college. I was just a wrist spinner. That one makes sense to me. I don't know what the fuck a leg break googly bowler is. Yeah, I don't know what that is either, but it's a fun phrase. Did you make that up? No. <laughs> it's a leg break googly bowler who hit 13 Stanwicks in one century. <laughs> in an international career that spanned from 1990 until 2000, he claimed 185 wickets in test cricket and 161 in one-day internationals. Mushtaq also played for Sussex and was part of the Pakistani team, which won the 1992 Cricket World Cup. During his time with Sussex, he was leading wicket-taker in the county championship for five successive seasons. And the reason he's included in this week is because uh, his debut, for his test cricket debut happened this week. Huh. A the weird one. <sighs> Did any of you guys watch that video that Killa posted? About how to explain... Jim Jeffries explaining cricket? I did not. It's actually, it's long, but it's really informative, and you will have a much better understanding of the game after listening to it. All right. What fun would that be? (laughs) It's actually kind of, it was was kind of cool. Because, I mean, he explains it in layman's terms, obviously, being Jim Jeffries. And, you know, and, and, like, he's got two uh, two American guys, you know, making fun of the whole damn thing the whole time. So you can relate. Um, I just kill us up right now because it's, you know, the afternoon there. So I just sent him that that thing you just posted, you read, and mm-hmm. I put in there googly with a question mark. So I'm see what he says. <laughs> a leg break googly bowler. Nice. And that's the twee. All right. Joel, closing <laughs> music. Oh. Sorry, I stole your thunder. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. <laughs> I, like I started before he called out for you. I apologize. I like Pat's better. <laughs> all right. Well, so Back in 1990, the movie Tremors came out to much acclaim. That's a lot. Well, you're half right. Yeah, it came out. It was it bombed and uh, did a lot of its uh, a lot of its life was seen on VHS and post release uh, stuff. It became a cult classic, which I so think it's a classic. I'm going to put that in quotes for Patrick. <laughs> so <What's> that <laughs> that, was, that was me trying to finish drinking that. That tea that I just put in my mouth and laugh at the same time. Look at he's drinking <laughs> tea now. The cricket's getting to him. <laughs> All right, so I'm, get, I'm, I'm getting the googly legged or whatever. <laughs> uh, natives of the that's small what, that should be our phrase for getting drunk from now on. Getting googly legged. I'm getting googly legged. Works for me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so. Natives of a small, isolated town defend themselves against strange underground creatures, which are killing them one by one. This is a uh, monster movie set in the middle of its Arizona desert? Nevada. Nevada desert. Uh, Directed by a one Ron Underwood, who is now known for writing for such shows as Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Grey's Anatomy. And before this, did such things as ABC Weekend Specials. Specifically, Runaway Ralph and the Mouse and the Motorcycle. (laughs) Oh... I did a book report on the mouse and the motorcycle in grade school. I was hoping one of us was going to remember that too. Yep, I'm, I'm I remember. I'm, I made a clay um, model of a mouse on a motorcycle for my book report. I, I wouldn't. Did you ask me if I remembered that? Did I? No. Oh, because you I, remember? Because I don't. Mike okay. made one out of Barbara Stanwyck's ashes. <laughs> Mike, Mike made one out of a turkey carcass. <laughs> that would be just silly. Miami and my mother. Um, so this stars. 
Yeah, you've told me that several times, Mike. It's getting creepy. <laughs> One Kevin Bacon as Valentine McKee, uh, Fred Ward as Earl Bass, Finn Carter as Rhonda Lebeck. One Michael Gross as Burt Gummer, Reba McIntyre in her movie debut as Heather Gummer, Robert Jane as Melvin with a little smart-ass kid, uh, Charlotte Stewart as Nancy, Tony Gennaro as Miguel, Ariana Richards as Mindy. You would know her from Jurassic Park. There's a girl from, what was her name in Jurassic Park? I forgot the kid's name. Uh, Screamy McBlonder? <laughs> Shaniqua. I'm relatively uh, I'm sure it it's it's Lex. All Lex, right. I couldn't so, remember. It's a Unix system. Uh, I know this. Richard Marcus as Nestor and Victor Wong as Walter Chang. I was so proud of the girls when we watched this, and he showed up. Both the girls were like, it's Egg Shen! Yes! <laughs> That's the only way I can think of him. I know. He's always Egg Shen to me. Uh, always. Sunshine Parker's Edgar. Ed Michael Dan Wagner as Old Fred. Conrad Bachman as Jim the Doctor, and B.B. Besh as Megan the Doctor's wife. Now, I went this far down. Josh and Patrick, did you re- recognize B.B. Besh? Without looking her up. Well, I was listening when you were telling Pat where she was from. So, Oh, so. No, I didn't know that before hearing that. Well, all right then. Yeah, but she was in Wrath of Khan and yeah. Steel Magnolias. Yeah. I was unaware of it, and Northern Exposure. The magic is gone. Space quests have to do with this. <laughs> so, uh, if you if you recognize him, Michael Gross is actually the dad from Family Ties, and he what? began filming this the day after shooting the last episode of Family Ties. That's a nice segue. Because he is a hard-working man. So. Still. Yeah. Uh, first film of, like I said, Reba McIntyre, <clears throat> who then went on to do... Was she in anything? Worthwhile. <laughs> She had a TV show. She did? Yep, called Reba. Yep. Oh, that's right. Oh, what? Oh, she's, she's done a lot of music. Maybe you've heard I, that. I, she's I, a I just know her movies. One Night at McCool's. She was in that. Also. Really? And she's pretty. Yep. She's not bad. This was originally given an R rating by the MPAA, not for violence, but for language. The original film included as many as 20 F-bombs. As an appeal, the producers removed all utterances of the F-word except for two. Many many of those were dubbed over with words like, Can you fly, you sucker? And we killed that mother humper. And what the shit when Val's overlooking the dead sheep. Oh, At least crazy. 14 of those were Kevin Bacon going, They expect me to act in this? <laughs> Fuck that. <laughs> okay, come on. Okay, I had relatively neutral to positive memories of this, and then I rewatched it. And he is not only playing an incredibly unlikable character, he's playing him as woodenly as possible in this movie. You could tell that in the first movie, he just is not at all into this whole thing. And it's only until it becomes popular that he kind of started. Like, he didn't come back. He, he didn't? He, no. 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 Well, that makes sense. And I've never seen any of the other ones. So. He was he was in uh, talks to do the fifth one along with Fred Ward, who would be like, I'll do it, you know, but. They, uh, I mean, the, the two of them, they, the, you know, they're supposed to be like these guys that have like you know, lifelong friends and such. But they, they had like no chemistry. It was felt so fake and forced. That's what people say about us, Pat. No, we, they think we're married, Mike. That, that's, the, that's the definition <laughs> of chemistry. My theory on this was that this might have been early enough in Bacon's career where he'd 
wasn't actually that great of an actor yet, but all of the characters before this one, the characters were written with so much personality, it covered his shortcomings as an actor. And then you get to Valentine McKee, who's kind of a shithead. Yeah. And all of a sudden, I realize he's not that great. I I mean, when was Footloose? I would call his character in Footloose charismatic enough that it covers his acting. Well, no, I was thinking about because, you know, when I think of him early days, I think Animal House and uh, Diner Friday the 13th. But Footloose kind of what broke him out. That was 84. So this was six years later. And he was kind of not taking not quite his lessons. peak. But no, I, I, I hate to say it, Joel, but I agree with Pat. About what? About Kevin Bacon in this. He's not he's not you, a great you actor. You agree with me. Yes, you too. Well, Pat, Pat agrees with us also. <laughs> I, I backed up what he was saying. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. It's well, not he's not good in this. But it doesn't matter because everything is such goofiness that you know I don't think you need to be. Right. I, I don't watch this because of the acting. I watch it because of the giant worms and all the the goofy stuff that goes with that. I, 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 I suspect, and this is obviously just pure conjecture. I suspect that there's a little bit of uh, I don't know, uh, not not animosity is not the right word, but just kind of anger in Kevin Bacon because he's having to do this movie six years after Footloose because Footloose was supposed to make him like a giant star. Right, and he is in this B-list. He's the B-lister in a movie with a bunch of C-listers, and the only things that are standing out are the special effects and Michael fucking Gross. Who would have seen that coming at this point? Because Michael Gross at this point had only ever done Family Ties, pretty much. And he decided, fuck it, I am all in on this Tremors movie. No shit. Yeah. (laughs) And it showed. That's the thing is like in the rewatch, it's tarnished a movie that I always thought was kind of okay, but I never understood why it had so many sequels. Uh, It definitely has paled for me in the rewatch, but he's just as good as he ever was in this. Oh, Michael Gross is fantastic. He's the best part of the movie. There's, you know, there's no doubt about that. Yeah, because you can tell like, like Reba's kind of like, oh, I'm in a movie. You know, she's. I'm, I'm an actress he was, he now. Was like, I'm going to act the hell out of this so I can move on and do more stuff. She's like, I know this is just a step in my acting career. <laughs> See, but I would beg to differ about the, the C-listers because Fred Ward was a, a decent sized name at this point. Kevin Bacon was uh, right before this was right before Flatliners. And he had already done uh, She's Having a Baby in the Big Picture and, uh, you know, Oh, I, I said Bacon was a B-lister. There's no fucking way he was Tom Cruise level A-lister, though. No, no. no but I mean, and um, Michael Gross was just coming off of a huge sitcom that had just ended. So, I mean, these are all people that were... I'd say that puts you on the C-list. It's, it's someone who you've heard of, but who isn't a punchline. And but you got to remember back in 1990, it wasn't so common to jump around back and forth between TV and movies. It was almost like if you were a TV guy or a movie guy, you didn't cross over. Right. And uh, here was here was a, a TV guy trying to cross over in a movie, and it didn't have the same kind of uh, respect that it does now. Yeah, we might be uh, thinking different definitions of the word, but for me, it's not to the D list where you're kind of a joke, and the C list mm. are people who whose names you would recognize, but who would never carry anything but the smallest budget movies on their own. Well, see, I think like he... Stephen Tobolowsky. Yeah, exactly. I have C-lister. no idea who that is. Yeah, you do. You would if you time. Okay. So here's here's my theory on why uh, Michael Gross. Okay, why Michael Gross jumped feet first into this because he just got off of Family Ties. He was the dad in it, but not the main character. He was he was like the C list of the C list in there. He was just dad. I mean, he was good in it, but yeah. he saw this immediately after and was like, "This is my way out. This is my this is 
I'm riding this to retirement. And it also is is his way of keeping from being uh, stereotype it's, or uh, typecast. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, completely. I mean, because if you, I mean, there's no, there's not a whole lot opposite of a of an adult uh, peacenik hippie than than this uh, bunker dwelling Armageddon preparing shotgun wielding maniac. He's amazing, well, but who's also just a nice family guy. Every, and the thing is, every year I try and talk my dad into playing him on Halloween. <laughs> My God, See, I've never, it, how have I never even thought of that, how much he looks like Michael Gross? Well, and it could have been, though, that, that Michael Gross thought this was like a spinoff from uh, Family Ties, you know, because Michael J. Fox. Anyway. Um, yeah. Right. You, I had to make the joke because I keep yeah, typing in and nothing happens. Because it's not but, funny, Joel. Well, it's a good thing you said it out loud so something could happen. Exactly. Huh. <laughs> well, I, I've... Ever since I first saw this movie, I, I've been a fan of it, and I, I own it. I've seen it countless times, and I watched it again. Uh, was it last night? No, the night before last. And um, it's just as much fun now as it as it ever was. And I, I, I mean, I guess for me, it hasn't changed over the years. See, I'm I'm in it for that. It is a lot of fun to watch. If you just want a monster movie, this is it. This is a great monster movie, I think, because Michael Gross. Uh, Michael Gross is into it. I mean, you've got um, uh, Egg Chen running around in there too, which is I throw him in a movie, and I'm always into. I just think it's so corny and almost self-aware of how corny it is that it's it's fun. You know, I can I can throw it on. Don't have to worry about the two fucks because my kids have seen worse at this point. And just, Don't just, talk about Kevin Bacon and Fred Ward like that. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking. <laughs> so, but no, this is actually, I watched this with the girls, and it's the first time they had seen it. And my older one, you know, Sophie, halfway through it, wandered off, but that she does it for everything. So, uh, you know, this one, she said she said it was fun. You know, it was goofy. It was fun. Everybody seemed to be having a good time in it. You know, everyone seemed to be hamming it up, even little uh, pogo stick girl. What? Pogo stick. Mindy on the pogo stick. Ariana, you know, bouncy, bouncy, bouncy. <laughs> yeah. Deformed <laughs> penis. <laughs> Barbara Stanwyck. <laughs> I mean, this. What I think I love about these is that that they're just enough of a blend of it's comedy, it's action, it's a little bit of drama. There's a little bit of romance. There's sometimes the the worms are a little frightening. They you know grab somebody and pull them underground, and sometimes they're just kind of cool to watch and it's just it's a it's a perfect blend it's almost like a, a 50s monster movie but with you know more swearing well there- I, don't, I don't really know why this movie just doesn't resonate with me at all i uh, i i i can appreciate campy and cheesy and all that kind of stuff in certain ways but sometimes i just i don't know sometimes things are too much and i think it's just one of those movies it's just it's too much for me i don't know maybe i'm oh well i was just I gonna say maybe the acting because the acting is just so bad in it. I don't know. I'm kind of leaning towards Patrick's opinion on this, although I will say that there's something compelling about the idea of snake or worm monsters that live under the sands. I mean, we saw them in Beetlejuice. We see them in Dune. But in those films, they don't really get the chance to do much. So seeing them be the main threat in a monster movie, I don't know. To my way of thinking, it was good enough for one sort of middle of the road, okay horror movie. And I, I think where it kind of lost me, it's like, wait a minute, they made four more of these. Why would you do that in a TV show? Yeah, 
<clears throat> so because it's 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 one of those things where it's iconic. You know, there's certain things that when they're created, they just take on a life of their own. And the graboids are just a really iconic. Yes, they're really iconic. Plus, I mean, like I said, Burt Gummer, his character steals the movie from everybody else. And that's what carries the franchise is the the iconic looking worm monsters and the seeing what Burt Gummer is going to do next. Yeah, the TV showing half bad, really. Who knew Stephen King or Stephen Keaton versus giant worms was going to be so popular? Some of which are called ass blasters, which is about the time they completely lost me. Like oh, well, he said that voicemail makes sense now. That's the third stage of the life cycle of the Graboid. I seriously didn't know what ass blasters was. I thought that was just a random thing on our voicemail. Oh, no, no. it was it was a reference to Tremors. Yeah. Uh, yeah. In Tremors 3, they introduced the ass blasters, and then they carry over into... Uh, well, the fifth one. Okay. Did any, going back to the movie, for the three of us, two and a half of us, maybe, that really, that enjoyed this, what's your favorite death in this? With somebody getting eaten by a graboid? Hmm. Okay. I should have reworded that. Joel, what's your favorite <laughs> I did not come. Or reworded, this is my favorite death in Trevor's. <laughs> I did not come prepared for this. I was a little disappointed that they didn't eat Reba. What? That was. Yeah, I've never liked Reba McIntyre. Oh, I would. Okay, I would, I would eat Reba as as an actor. I don't like her. Her music, I could take or leave. I think she's a cutie pie, and her music is. I like her music, most of it. Uh, I'm trying to do a quick bit of research because I don't remember how everybody <laughs> dies. All right, you know what? I rescind the question, Joel. This is a, this is a yeah, crazy. I, I just did, I did a, a basic Google search to see what people said. You know, Trevor's favorite death, and one of the one of the, uh, the on Reddit in the movies. There's a there's a topic. What is your favorite Kevin Bacon movie, and why is it Tremors? <laughs> <laughs> so no, I mean I I I think one of the things about this is this is no digital pre digital. So yes. I have a lot of respect for the for the effects guys that built these huge ass worms, and the the tentacle cam is, effect is one of my favorites. Let's just take the camera, hold it real low to the ground, and run around with it. Well, and that's one of the things that's kind of cool about it is that that they they show them like like sharks. You know, you can see them under the ground tunneling towards whatever, and you can see the dirt rise. And it's it's kind of a cool effect that it carried over through all the films. And I, I can't imagine that's cheap to do, you know, to have something underground like that, however they did it. Miniatures, that's my guess. I don't know. I don't know. Well, if they did the uh, ground effects the same way they did them in Children of the Corn, I, I don't know if you know how that was done. No, please enlighten me because I'm actually, I don't know. Uh, basically, the uh, there's a trench cut out underneath the ground that they have uh, in Children of the Corn. It was an upside down wheelbarrow that was uh, with a big wheel put under it that was like a turtle. And then they put a thin layer of topsoil over that. And then they'd basically run real fast while pulling the uh, upside down wheelbarrow to make the dirt, the thin layer of topsoil bubble up and shoot around. Hmm. Yeah. Watch out, <clears throat> the wheelbarrow's coming. That's clever. Yeah. And Linda Hamilton is coming. So, did we go over the plot at all? Nope. Well, unlike- unlikable rednecks meet worms. There you then go. Michael Gross shows up and everything's better. <laughs> all right. 
That sounds good. You guys good. pretend to be best friends for reasons unknown. <laughs> because look at who else was living in that town. I mean, what were the choices? Yeah. Was he going to go hang out with Melvin? And that's just it. I was trying to figure out how exactly anybody made a living in that town, as small as it was, as run down as it was, and as how few people there were. I don't know how they even survived. On love. Well, and, and well, until the Graboids thing happened and they became, you know, a destination because they, you know, everybody wanted to know about these monsters that were living under the ground, which was... became a phenomenon. Do, do, and do, do, do. <laughs> phenomenon. No, you only get one. And uh, then so... in the, the sequel, in, in part two, they really expand on, on what all happened after that. I mean, there was a video game, there was TV appearances, there were magazine covers, there was all kinds of crazy stuff that happened, and yet, uh, Fred Ward's character is still living in a trailer in perfection. Well, you know. He didn't now, get a lawyer. I'm trying to figure out that kid Melvin. Like, what else has he done with his life? Because it, it seems like he was in a bunch of movies back then, wasn't he? Like, you the, he looking, at, looking at him, you're like, yeah. he was all over the place. So, apparently he's been in something called Mythica. I'm Mythica, A Quest for Heroes. It's a, it's a these are like hour and a half movies. Mythica, The Dark Spore, and Mythica, The Necromancer, which all have come out between 2014 and 2015. Yeah, he he didn't have an illustrious career, per se, after the 90s. I mean, he was consistently working, but... Yeah, and then he was he, in something called he, Carlos Spills the Beans. His peak was right around Tremors, maybe a little before. Yeah. Um, and then from there, yeah, it just was kind of made for DVD, TV, whatever. Mm-hmm. Can you really call it a peak then? For him, yeah. What do you mean? yeah. I mean, he's been in more movies than I have, I guess. True, but sometimes well, some people's peaks in life are more like an inverted nipple. And what do you define a movie what? as, Pat? Because, uh, oh, I don't know what the hell that means. <laughs> what? Where did we go? <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to figure it out. Everything is really off course tonight. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, I just see this as, a, as, like I said earlier, a tribute to the old B, uh, you know, 50s giant monster movies where there's no real definition where they came from. And you just. Well, have I mean, fun it's, with it. it's like an, expo- an exposition on, like, how they came around and everything would, would honestly just bog this movie down. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, it, you don't need an explanation. You just need to know, hey, this is happening. Right. Well, and, and the, um, Finn Carter's character, who I just forgot her name, Rhonda, she, you know, talks about and explains how, you know, they're, they're, uh, and maybe that was in the sequel now, but with how they're pre-Cambrian and they, they, you know, are been around for longer than we have pretty much. And yet somehow they've stayed hidden in very remote locations mm-hmm. and haven't killed enough people to make a mark, apparently. So, and they never really do explain. I mean, even through all the, the sequels, they, uh, they don't really ever give them a, a history per se. Although in the fourth one, they go back to the old West times and they're fighting them back then. So they're made of midi chlorians. I like the way you think. <laughs> they're jet Jedis. I'm just saying it's one of those things that like at some point it's going to be explained. And then later you're just going to be like, yeah, no, forget that. We didn't really say that. Yeah. This is, I don't think this needs explanation. Right. Because it's one of those things, you know, like the force, where like if you explain it, it's just going to kind of ruin everything. Like, who cares? It, it's you know, it, it's it's kind of like right. you know, like if you took the time in, in Jaws to explain, you know, 
what what ocean that the, the shark was born in. Like, who cares? It's here right now, eating me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't need to know its itinerary. I just need to know how to kill it. <laughs> um. By the way, before we go to the break here, which I'm feeling is coming soon, Killer responded. Oh, great! Oh. Nice. Okay, he What's says a, go- a a googly is a ball that is bowled by a leg spinner that goes in the opposite direction than his normal ball. So, if a leg spinner bowls the ball to spin from right to left, he makes it go left to right, and vice versa. For an off spin bowler, off spin goes from left to right. Funny that, or he says, "Hope that helps." Funny you ask, because a, a cricket question, because I'm watching right now. He's hmm. watching so that. I don't think that really answers. We still our... don't know what a leg spin bowler is, though, do we? Or a whatever what? that phrase is. What's what are these? Uh, as a access spin bowling coach, for, oh, a leg break googly bowler. No, no, no. What he said, what what Killis said in his response, like in the first line, because he was using a term that we we still don't know what that is. Like, oh, a googly is a ball that is bowled by a leg spinner. Yeah, what's a leg spinner? That's when your ball goes in the wrong direction. Then you go no, no, no. The leg a leg spin. spinner is just, is is a type of like way of pitching the the ball. I think yet because uh, um, basically it's like the equivalent of a knuckleballer in baseball, where like he's throwing a pitch the opposite way that you think it's going to go, and so mm. on and so forth. But I still don't know what a leg spinner is, and I don't want to Google it. So. That's all right. I I forwarded that on to him to ask for maybe the second half of the show. <laughs> all right, cricket and, update. Uh, <laughs> I'm a little disappointed because I it seems we're pretty excited to do this show and and now I feel like you know Mike is is still as uh, almost as excited as me. Josh has waned and well Pat Wayne, you never liked it. Yeah, I was going to say I I should not be any surprise to you at all. Yeah, I'm a little disappointed that uh, I, it's not like I had to fall very far. Like I was only ever on the warm side of thinking this movie was yeah, it was okay. Yeah, I kind of liked it. You enjoyed it for its camp. Yeah, and then I watched it again. I was like, huh, not as good as I thought, which just puts it to the negative side of, eh. Joel, I'm with you on this one. I enjoy it. Good. If it's Well, you're wrong. <clears throat> yeah. I'll give you a wobbly-legged Stanwick later on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, which That wobbly-legged Stanwick is our signal for our break time. <laughs> you said the secret word. <laughs> time for a break. When we come back, we're going to talk more about Ass Blasters. All right, we're back. We're going to talk about the evolution of Graboids and where they are now. So, I, Joel, as much as I enjoyed the first one, I still cannot believe that they managed to milk this for five movies. <laughs> right? And the TV show with thirteen episodes. Yes, and the and the the TV show itself is. I mean, they got some decent names in there too. Uh, uh, they got uh, Christopher Lloyd was in it, and Vivisha Fox. Well, who? Vivisha Fox. Vivica Fox. Vivica A Fox. You know me. Just take whatever it is that I'm saying and listen to it. I thought you were saying it was Vicente Fox. Yeah. Oh, (laughs) Vicente. I'd watch that, and well, <clears throat> I mean, you, you got Bird Gummer, which is a, a classic, iconic, likable character that Michael Gross plays to the hilt, and you've got a you know these worm creatures that just don't seem to go away, and uh, that just kind of writes itself. 
I mean, I'm, I'm, I guess I can kind of see where you'd be a little surprised, but, um, and especially after the fourth one, when they did a prequel to the whole thing, typically, well, and that's part of the trivia is that you don't start over unless you're doing a whole new franchise or Mm -hmm. reboot, but, uh, they did it. And I mean, spoiler, I think this was really good, but I'm glad they did because I like all these movies. Now, Tremors 4 was the one where they went back to the Old West, right? Right. Okay. And Michael C. Gross played his, like, great-great-great-grandfather or whatever. Because, of course, he did. I believe. Okay, no. It's been a while since I've seen that one. All right. I just want to I want to make this clear. Just okay. because I enjoy a movie does not make it good. <laughs> what? So, I mean, I... <clears throat> That's true. I get it. I didn't get through Tremors 4. In fact, out of the first one and the fifth one are the only two that I made it all the way through the movies. And probably the first and the fifth one are the two that I I can say that I actually enjoyed the most. The fourth one is the origin story one, right? Yeah. We're yeah, that's what I was just saying. You don't need an origin story on this because who cares? It's it's not really an origin necessarily. It's more of a it's a prequel. Well, yeah, that's, that's kind of what I meant. A prequel, like, but it's not an origin story? Because they still don't explain where they're coming from. Well, they but come they, from the silver mine, I guess. What we're going to Go ahead. <laughs> what what just happened there? I mean, do we want to go through the the cast before we get too deep into this? Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Okay. So, Charmers Five Bloodlines came out in 2015. The giant man-eating graboids are back and even deadlier than before, terrorizing the inhabitants of a South African wildlife reserve as they attack from below and above. Uh, Don Michael Paul directed, starring. Uh, well, Written by William Truesmith, M.A. Deuce, which I think is a fake name. Because <laughs> this is the only thing he's ever written. Mr. A. Deuce. I'm looking for a Mr. A. Deuce. And C.J. Strebor. A.J. Mr. Deuce. Yeah, I'm thinking those two are fake names because those are the only Mr. Thing. Deuce. Paging Mr. Deuce. <laughs> Okay, I really think that these are fake names because this is all these three guys have ever done. Well, you know, uh, real quick to backtrack for a second, the guy that did uh, the director of this, Don Michael Paul, mm-hmm. he's primarily an actor, but he did Half Past Dead. The the well, that was back in the day when they would pair up rappers with action heroes. That was the one with uh, Steven Seagal. He did. It was called uh, Raption. <laughs> he did uh, Lake Placid, the final chapter, which is a sequel to the Lake Placid franchise. He did Jarhead 2, which was a sequel to Jarhead, which didn't need one. Sniper Legacy, which was a sequel. Kindergarten Cop 2, which we were going to watch someday. Sniper Ghost Shooter. And he's doing Death Race 6, or Death Race Anarchy, which is part of the Death Race series. It's not the movie that we're going to talk about eventually. And Tremor 6, which has been announced. Okay. So this guy is in charge of everything that all these people hate in Hollywood, all the remakes. He also did the classic Harley Davidson and the Marlboro Man. He was in it. No, he wrote it. Well, okay. But he, yeah, I didn't direct that one. Okay. But yeah, he's, he, which is, a, I don't know what movie. point you're fun. making here, Joel. <laughs> not, I don't know either. I can't I'm, defend it. I'm not sure if I'm supposed to be going, Oh yes, what a great story. Or I'm trying, you know, if we're <laughs> supposed to hate on this guy or not. I'm so this one also, uh, he's like has Sylvia. <laughs> Michael Gross is, Bert Gummer, Zach Hendricks, is he trying to be extreme with his name? <laughs> Z-A-K, 
H E N D R I K Z. That's a lot of Z's. That's that's, that's, that's too too many Z's for any normal name. Polish, I would bet. Yeah. Mike wins comment of the night. You only have that many Z's if you're Polish. <laughs> uh, as Riley, Daniel Jenks, as Eric Von Wick, Lawrence Joff as Bassoon, Jamie Kennedy, which I cannot believe that Jamie Kennedy got fifth billing after those three guys. <laughs> <laughs> Where have you gone, Jamie Kennedy? Uh, as Travis B. Welker, and then... The, the, the casting was listed in order of who gets to eat at the craft service table. <laughs> what order do they get to eat in? <laughs> Jamie Kennedy being the bitch of the, of the whole movie. They're like, no, you eat last. Zach Henrich is like, no way I'm eating after Jenks. <laughs> on extreme. And he pounds him out and doing rides off on a <laughs> motorcycle. Like Jenks. Hold Kennedy's bitch ass down. <laughs> Get a donut. <laughs> Extreme. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> All right. Oh, Dr. Nandy. So, and the rest of the people in this, I... That's all right. Yeah. Reds, they're from movies like Red Scorpion and Primeval. Um, well, Dr. Nandy has been on Quantico and... Wow. Uh, yeah, she's she's been what do I her mean? career's just starting, but I think we're going to see more and more of her in the next few years. Doctor, oh Pearl Pearl Fuzzy, yeah, okay, yeah, she's all the way down at the bottom. She, how did she get after? Uh, well, I suppose if your choice is between Jamie Kennedy and Zach Hendricks, I still think she probably ate at the craft table before him, though. Oh, I'm sure she did because Zach Hendricks wanted that sweet doctor action. <laughs> you want some Jello first, babe? She, she had the, the dessert table all to herself. And although Jamie Kennedy looked like he had been there. Yeah. Yeah, he looked puffy. So trivia. Uh, this is released 25 years after the first installment of the Tremors franchise. And that is weird to say out loud. 25 years. Holy cats. Uh, Michael Gross is the only actor who appears in all the Tremors films because, like I said, I'm riding this out to retirement <laughs> and good for it. You know what though? Good for him. Well, and he's, and he's pretty cool. And I mean, he's, he makes a good kind of badass, uh, survivalist guy. Yeah. This is a rare occurrence for a sequel to follow a prequel. The last film in the series was Tremors 4, The Legends Begins, and with the uh, Wild West one that we were just talking about. And the celebratory chant at the end is the same one as featured in Congo. <laughs> I thought that was interesting. Oh, man, we got to watch Congo. Pretty Amy. No, we don't have to watch Congo. Lava no. tubes. Uh, and director Don Michael Paul had never seen a Trevor's movie before. His first time was when Michael Gross set him down to watch while filming. Wait, what? Yeah, I thought that was interesting. What? <laughs> so I've got this vision. Tremors for me is mostly about pee. <laughs> I'll, I'll get back to that point in a minute. <laughs> no, you're not. No, you can't say something like that. Okay. Is this going to be like my Last Dragon equals Star Wars bit? No, no. I, the thing that I almost really, really like this movie. And then there's this bizarre fucking 12-minute scene that was written by a 12-year-old where first Michael Gross bathes in pee, then he drinks pee, then a lion pees in his face. <laughs> well, when he's but in the he's cage. trying to survive because... It's bathroom humor, dude. It fucking lost me. Actually wrecked the movie for me. He was doing his take on um, uh, Bear Grylls. But it's pee, man. Don't you get it? It's pee. 
The pee rep- represents... I, I could have handled it if it was just like one of those three things. But uh, I, I had completely checked out and was no longer invested in the movie by the time the lion was pissing in his face. That's when he was in the cage, right? Yes. Correct. I could just, I could just see Josh sitting at home. He's like, more pee? <laughs> I'm just like, fuck it. I'm done. <laughs> I okay, watched so- the rest of it. But if you would have deleted that scene, let's say cut that scene out. You cut that scene out, I actually think it's uh, better than the original. Hmm. Fair point. Interesting. It was, I I will say that, yes, the pee thing was a little stupid. (laughs) But uh, I I did enjoy it too, Josh. I mean, it's it's kind of, I think, honestly, I think if the first one had been set in Africa, I'd be a little bit more plausible. As plausible as giant monsters under the ground are but <laughs> but yeah if you're, into golden, if you're into golden showers you're in luck this movie is all about you yeah oh yeah oh wait no um no i agree when i when i um with this when this hit netflix uh i didn't even know it was a thing and then all of a sudden it was on netflix i'm like what the hell jamie kennedy michael gross what yeah. so I, I i had a day off work and i added it into my marathon of films for that day. And I was really surprised. I mean, I, I, I like I said a hundred times already, I'm a fan of the franchise, so I've liked everything that I've seen, but uh, this one really kind of took me by surprise at exactly how good it was. And yeah, the P thing was a little, a little overly done. I, I, I don't disagree with that, but um, something about it, everybody that was in it was there to, you know, give it their all. There wasn't anybody that really phoned it in. Um, it was an, it was a fairly interesting story. The setting kind of made a little more sense, like you said. And Burt Gummer's character is so well defined now that he could just walk into that and just run away with it. Plus, the whole thing with him having his own survivalist show was was genius. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. <clears throat> I mean, Jamie Kennedy was a little irritating at times, but I kind of think that was intended. Yeah, that was and- the point. And I, I don't know. I, I just like the story they built. I cared more about the characters who only got a few scenes in this than I did about uh, Valentine from the original. You know what the thing is about this one? In looking at it, this is Aliens on Earth. This is the movie Alien <clears throat> or Aliens. I'm sorry. They find they find the the the. Uh, the planet that's getting, you know, the, the faraway group of people discover this new thing. Some of them get killed when they discover the fossil. The very beginning, the paleontologists get eaten by the by the graboid after discovering it. They bring in the big guns to try and take down whatever it is that was killing them. You know, then they discover the queen. And there's the one guy who's trying to smuggle out the eggs for his own purposes. Uh-huh. Wait, yeah, I mean it's. I mean that's in it, and then you at the very end you discover that this. Now this I think was pretty damn stupid, but <clears throat> Jamie Kennedy is actually Michael Bur- Burt Gummer's kid. Well, and that's where he goes. Bloodlines, dude. Like you know, it all yeah ties together. Kind then of he little. says the name of the movie in the in the movie, and then you have to drink. Yes, right. It, it all <laughs> kind of ties it together, but it, well, that's and it gives them Superman for the quest for peace. <laughs> It gives him a, the opportunity to, of course, segue this into a, a new series of films, as I'm sure part of it. Um, and plus, it was kind of a, an underlying running joke through the whole thing. But I, I agree with everything you guys have said. I, I mean, maybe we could have done without the extreme dirt bike thing at the end, but or the the electricity. 
Well, I mean, they set they telegraphed both of those things right at the beginning, so you knew there was going to be a callback. Right. There's going to be some reason why he was awesome at dirt bikes, and there was going to be a reason why they went out of their way to showing the little girl electrocuting worms in the ground. It's Which like, was okay, really cool. if that's true, that you can like make worms come to the surface like that, that's pretty cool. Well, you know what happens when lightning strikes a worm? Same thing that happens to everything else. Which is? No, that's a line from X Men. Yeah. Oh, right. Oh, that talks about a terrible movie. (laughs) What happens when a frog gets struck by lightning? The same thing that happens to everything else. Yeah, I forgot about that. I tried to block that out. I had to use the therapy to get rid of that. Thanks, Pat. (laughs) Toad. Anyway, back to the film. Where were we? Do we have to? (laughs) We didn't watch it. Okay, so then we have the... the I still didn't like it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> See, now I wish you would have, because I wonder if if as much as Josh kind of turned face a bit on it, and as much as Mike and I enjoyed it, I wondered if you if you would have had a better feeling for it, taking the bacon out of your sandwich. <laughs> what the fuck is That's not a phrase. <laughs> neither, is now. neither is inverted nipple, but that's... And googly, get googly legged or whatever. Uh Taking the bacon out of the sandwich. Because <laughs> Kevin Bacon. I'm not even really sure what that what, what that means. Kevin like, Bacon was in the original. Kevin Bacon was in the original. He's not in the fifth one. They've taken the bacon out of the sandwich. So the whole franchise is a sandwich. No, yeah. just this film. And Bert Gummer is the mustard, but he's not the Frank's plain mustard. I thought he would be the bread. I, I thought he'd be more. Because he holds the, the whole thing together. Oh. All right, then the ass blasters are the mustard. <laughs> What? Well, <laughs> the other thing about this movie... <laughs> Ass Blasters. I can't get over that. They they tie this... They uh, pay nod, uh, homage to other similar monster movies. Like the scene in the kitchen with the, the Ass Blasters hunting them, and it's like from Jurassic, Jurassic Park. Park. I totally... Yeah, I, I thought that felt like Jurassic Park when they were doing that. It was not quite shot for shot, but it was pretty close. They had the little cookie nail thing, uh, too, that which I thought was pretty cool. <laughs> Um, what else? I don't know. I mean, and it was just the right amount of, right mixture of things, which some of the, the middle ones, you know, kind of fall short on some of the, the, uh, the chemistry, the, that happened in the first one and this one. But here they really kind of got the blend right, minus the, the pea stuff to, uh, <laughs> to make it all work. What, Pat? Are you putting the bacon back in your sandwich? <laughs> Nobody takes bacon off of my sandwich. No, I mean, it was just the, the funny casual aside, that, except for the pee stuff. <laughs> well, Mike made a uh, or Josh made such a point of it that we can't let it go. But it was just the way you phrased it. Like you're you're, you're trying to trying to just you know say how good of a movie is, but I can't even I can't even <laughs> turn down can't even turn down how bad the pee is, except for the pee stuff. It's like all it's all ass blasters and pee from here on out. (laughs) (laughs) Ass blasters all the way down. (laughs) Uh, The other thing I thought was a little weird is the creatures in this one were awesome, but they were behaving in different ways that were never really adequately explained. I mean, granted, yeah, there are different bloodline, but it, it just felt like the rules of what they could and couldn't do were a little wobbly. Well, but I think they were, it's, it's all about environment. When you have predators in a certain environment, they adapt to that environment to be more effective predators. So 
the same thing happened there. They evolved differently from where they did in America because they had different things they had to overcome. And I'm fine with that explanation, but it was neither shown nor told to us. And I feel it would have been more effective if it's like, okay, these things are acting different. Here are the specific ways they're acting different, and here's why, or here's how. Yeah, that, that is actually something that um, is a big sticking point for me in a lot of movies. You guys know how I love to find things to nitpick about. And like, if a universe what? bothers to set up rules for its inhabitants and then breaks them, that really just pisses me off without, without any kind of explanation, without any kind of anything like that's what turned me off from the walking dead for instance you know and normally like people over explaining things is something that i criticize but i think over explaining is better than not explaining at all i mean this isn't high cinema you're not supposed to get the deeper message from context Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, there's not a whole lot of allegory (laughs) or not a whole lot of metaphor going on right so when they don't tell you something they've just fucking left it out right and it, you know, even just like one sentence. Well, I think they, you know, the reason they're doing this is because they've got all these lions pissing on like, them all over. He's like, oh, well, this and uh, I've noticed, I've noticed this and this. That must be co- because of this and this. Yeah. Well, where did I get that from? Pissing on things? No. Yeah. What are, <laughs> my... It's obvious that the environment makes a difference and there are different bloodlines, so it's different. It's just the rules of how and why they're different specifically mm-hmm. are neither shown nor told to us. It just felt so floaty to me. It's like they're different when they need them to be different to show that Gummer is a little underprepared because this is something new. Yeah, well, it's, it's, it's lazy writing because they're like, it's just an excuse that we can use to throw whatever we want to at the main character. Right. And that was the thing is it's like firm it up a little bit. Uh, th- that's all I was asking for. Yeah, you can justify it from context for sure. I've heard that before. <laughs> it's firmer. I swear, Your Honor, you can justify it with context. <laughs> no, I was going to say firm it up a little bit, but that's oh, that, no. <laughs> that's what I was thinking. Uh, I, I, I don't. I've never heard that before. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what that could be referring to. They, they've always kind of played with the 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 whole mythos because, like, in, I watched the second one because I needed to at least see one of the other ones that we weren't talking about just to see exactly how good or bad it was because it'd been a while since I've seen it. I only ever kind of go back to the first one. Um, and in, in that one, in, in, they talk about the life cycle. The, the, the graboid gives birth to the three little predator things that turn into the ass blasters. And then the ass blasters give birth to the graboids in a full circle. Well, in the second one, the little, the graboids give birth to the little predatory things, which then can just perpetually create as many as they want by eating and vomiting up new creatures. And it's, it's, and then they change the rules so that they're not quite as overpowering, I guess. So they've always kind of played with it. That would mean like they would take over the world in a matter of months. Right. Cause they exponentially propagate the species because they're hermaphroditic and they, they, as long as they eat, then they can vomit kind of like a, a gremlins. You know, if they get wet, then, or the mm-hmm. mogwais get wet, they give birth to how many gremlins pop off of them. Same kind of thing. So it's the just, next one's going to be Bert Gummer in Planet of the Ass Blasters. Dude, I'd watch that. Our only savior is that really the lion with a UTI. Yikes! <laughs> what? Hmm. What? I, I'm curious what they're going to do with the sixth one now because he's got his show. Is Jamie Kennedy going to be back as part of it? And 
where are they going to go to next? Because, you know, we've kind of played out the three <clears throat> locations where they have found them. We've done the prequel. So what's really next for the series? Well, I think Bring the next... back Bacon and Ward, probably. Yeah. Tremors in space. Dude, I would watch that, too. Like, Work. there's a space colony where they're farming, and they accidentally brought a tiny worm with them that grows and kills the Mars farmers. Or I own space graboids. I own Jason X and Leprechaun in space, so uh, uh, that's that's cool to me. I'll watch it. If I an, know. I think I just wrote their <clears throat> next movie for them. If an ass blaster ass blasted in space, would it ever stop? In space, no one can hear you ass blast. But could it create the ass blast? Because it's got to have something to create the... Well, I mean, it creates the combustion internally, but then there's no oxygen to feed I mean, the flame. But would okay, wouldn't just the just the initial blasting without the fire still propel it? This episode is fucking weird. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for Josh. <laughs> well, he's not wrong. I mean, he's definitely not wrong. It's taken a really bizarre turn this whole episode. It's been bizarre, but yeah. So I'm curious. I, I'm. With the the quality that they put out with this, minus the P thing. <laughs> this is what happens when you pick a subject I don't care about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you get one person off the whole thing's thrown. Just look at uh, Peter Pan. It makes <laughs> go next. And if they'll contain or keep up with that level, you know, if it'll be as good as this one was, minus the P thing. I'm afraid the P thing is going to become a theme. Except for the P. Yeah. Like the whole yeah. next one is all that's about the, peeing. That's the theme of the week, except for the pee. Yeah. It was just so out of place. Besides the bathroom humor, just the like over the top him screaming at the camera. It was a scene that didn't need to be in the movie and was out of sorts with the rest of it. One of those things that the editor probably should have stricken. Yeah, just yeah. just cut the whole thing down to a minute. Even the original joke with either him using the uh, urine as insect repellent or him drinking it and saying that's an acquired taste. You'll leave one of those two in there and get out of the shot, and it's fine. Let's see. Yeah, and it was an hour. Warren mentioned it. You're just like, okay, that was just another thing that happened in the movie. The movie was an hour and 39 minutes, so it could have it could have stood for a, a five-minute you know, cut. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I will watch this. Days. I don't know. I doubt it, but maybe I will. Well, I think all of us can agree that that saw it. That it, I mean, it's it's like Josh said, he felt that it probably was even better than the original, and it's it's. Well, yeah, I mean, like, like it's it's not necessarily like I'm against the concept, you know, the cheesy horror movie, you know, or whatever. Um, and if they like fixed all the problems of the first movie, like you know, the bad acting and such, you know, and I mean, it's not like the special effects are all that bad. So no, the effects are really good, and the acting is better. Yeah, so maybe I will give it a shot. Yeah, he won't for real. I may. Have you watched The Big Lebowski again yet? Am I supposed to? You've got to watch... Uh, okay, did you get that first or your second viewing out of the way? No, I watched... I've seen it twice now. Okay, then I and have to watch. In order for me to see it the third time, you had to see the other movie. There was a... Uh, right, what was that other movie? Death Proof. Death Proof, and what was the first one? Um, I watched it. What was it? That's oh, um, Jackie Brown. That's right. So if you watch Death Proof, then I'll watch it a third time. All right. Begrudgingly, but I will do it. <laughs> All right. So for the three of us that sat through this, would you watch it again? I already have. Josh? So yes. Yeah, probably. If it was on? Yeah. I I wouldn't be in a hurry, but yeah. Yeah. I'm in this I'm the same one as Josh on this one. I mean it's I liked it. I did enjoy it, but unfortunately, Joel, I I like the super cheesiness of the original one better. I let's, this, let's just say you're cooking in the kitchen. 
and you turn the TV on and it's like 15 minutes into Tremors 5, do you change the channel or do you just leave it on as background noise while you're cooking? Yeah, I'd probably leave it on. Yeah, given that, you know, just, hey, you have something to listen to, something to turn around. Hey, hey, there's that pee scene again. Um, you know. <laughs> I'm going to make a director's cut and I'm going to edit out the majority of the pee scene so there's just one clip of it and I'm going to send <laughs> it to Josh and see what he thinks. I'm going to make a director's cut and make it just be the pee scene over and over again for an hour <laughs> and a half. Yeah. Hour and a half of pee. I thought, I thought you were going to, Mike was going to say something like, I'm, I'm going to make a director's cut. It's just going to be me drinking pee. <laughs> it's going to say, he's going to edit it so it says Tremors 5, pee lines. And then like it'll have an hour and a half of the pee scene and then it'll say it'll have the credits. All right. This, this show has <laughs> gone off the rails. Um, did anybody else notice that Steve that the Graboid... How many golden showers out of five would you give this movie, Josh? Oh, dude, you're making it so difficult for me not to make a joke that will not be appreciated by everyone. <laughs> what were we going to say, Mike? I totally fucking forgot. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. So we, I kinda, we all know where we stand on this. Hey, yeah. Josh, what are we doing next week? Uh, we're doing our annual uh, Top 10 Billboard uh, Countdown Show. We're going to take a look at uh, 1987. Mm-hmm. And uh, next week's Hot 100, we're going to uh, run down the Top 10 Hits. If you've been listening to us for a while, you've heard us do these shows before, and they're always a good time. Yeah. No peeing. Well, it was the 80s. You never know. <laughs> yeah, if you'd like to... Uh, sound off about ass blasters or uh, look forward to the uh, top pop hits or tell us what you thought of this weird ass episode. You can always <laughs> give us a call at 708 now wrap that's 708-669-9727. Yep. And uh, also if uh, you're online, look for us for us at iTunes, Stitcher, Blueberry and talk shoe. And you know what we haven't mentioned uh, either is uh LodgeCon out in Bourbon A at the uh, Will County Fairgrounds, we are going to be the uh, MCs for all the entertainment out there now. So if you want to come out and meet us on February 11th, come on out to Bourbon A, Illinois at the Will County Fairgrounds and see us and have a good time at LodgeCon Games. Or else. Yeah. The Lodge. Lodge. I don't know why I chose to throw you under the bus for that one, but... Mm. <laughs> bus. <laughs> Sexy bus. Wait, what? Unta, 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 unta. Bus, 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 bus. Back up that ass bus. Beep.